Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Zach Arskanen coming to you from North Carolina, and I'm pre-recording this because uh, we have a few doctor's appointments today. And I wanted to start today in focusing in on our journey of preparing ourselves for this coming season as we look to release the covenant victory strategies over our lives. And today we want to focus on breaking off the spirit and shadow of death from us. And we want to look in Isaiah chapter 25 verses 1 through 8 as a biblical foundation for this. And I'll play a prophetic word from Gloria Zion that Chuck had a few weeks ago that I think really applies to this and this journey that we're going through on the book of reordering our day. And so I want to add in um, this from the uh, the scripture here, and I want to go through this. And, and the saying is, "O Lord, you are my God; I will exalt you." As Isaiah uh, um, sings praise to God, he he says, "I will give thanks to your name, for you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect." faithfulness for you have made a city into a heap a fortified city into a ruin a palace of strangers is a city no more it will never be rebuilt therefore a strong people will glorify you cities of ruthless nations will revere you for you have been a defense for the helpless a defense for the needy in his distress a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat, from the breath of the ruthless, is like a rainstorm against a wall. Like heat in drought, you subdue the uproar of aliens. Like heat by the shadow of a cloud, the song of the ruthless is silenced. The Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain. A banquet of aged wine, choice pieces of with marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain, he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched over all the nations. And this is the verse here. Verse 8. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And we see here, he will swallow up death from all time, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all the face of from all of the faces of his people. And and Chuck points out here it, it is through today, as we're preparing ourselves for these strategies of victory, is ask the Lord to break in any area of our life a spirit and a shadow of death off of you, from you, however you want to put it. 
of just asking those things to be revealed, be removed, that we can have the heart and the mind of Christ and the Father to be able to walk forward. And I want to pray this prophetic word that they had um, several weeks ago that I think really um, hits home and, and, and talks about it in a different way and in a, in a very interesting way. So I want to play it here and we'll continue to stand on this and walk through this um, on our journey through the news today. That's something key for us to remind ourselves of in this season is that the Lord is waiting for us to come through this with victory, waiting for us to overcome whatever spirit is over us trying to block us, um, the spirit of the age, um, and take what's going on in America right now, the spirit that is trying to stand up for abortion right now and, and a host of other things, but uh, specifically that, that spirit of death and compromise there, um, even at the earliest stages of life and conception. Well, with that foundation and that hope for the future of this time, this season that we're in, I want to dive into a few things that we need to be aware of and go through some good things that have been happening um, on Thursday uh, leading into this weekend and some things for us to continue to pray on as we follow through this week. Um, but first, I want to start with Iran. Some things we need to be aware about in the negotiations for the Iran nuclear deal is that there's now a report that has come out that Iran has made upwards of $44.7 billion in illegal oil sales since Biden has taken office. And of those $44 billion, 27 was came from China alone. 
so part of this is due to the fact that the Biden administration has refused to uphold the sanctions that the Trump administration put in play. And um, it is being reported by the United uh, United Against a Nuclear Iran watchdog group um, that the looser sanctions on Iran that the Biden administration has turned a blind eye to. Um, we talked about China. Some other revenues has come in from places like Venezuela and Russia. So we're seeing, you know, that partnership. Um, the reality of that go deeper. And um, while at the same time they're turning a blind eye to enforcing these sanctions, they're also trying to get back in the nuclear deal. And what this watchdog group says is that, look, there, there is no – the leadership of Iran feels no pressure to finalize a nuclear deal because they've already enjoyed the benefits of effective sanctions relief. So why would they want to go back to a deal to where they're going to do – like there's no reason for them to, to go back into a deal that hampers them about, you know. Uh, from to prevent them from creating nuclear weapons, which they've been bragging about um, having the capacity and potentially being closer and closer towards that. So it's something we really, really need to be aware of. Um, and, and a key note in this is that the Iranian uh, foreign currency reserves, which was pretty much drained under Trump, um, and the actual enforcement of these sanctions uh, has nearly tripled um, – and is expected by the end of the year to be up tenfold from um, the beginning of last year since Biden took office. So this is huge, something to be aware of because as I, the, the reason this is important, not only for nuclear weapons, but as Iran gets more money, so do these terrorist organizations that are connected to them and possibly branch out and do something nefarious. So that's something to just be watchful of, to be mindful of. And this is one of the things that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has kind of turned a blind eye to. Um, and while he may be focused in on China a lot um, and speaking positive things towards this administration, unfortunately, the Secretary of State has, and the office has really turned a blind eye towards these issues um, and something – quite alarming um, to see they're involved in all that. And look, it's not just anything Blinken. It's the entire administration itself um, that has a problem with how they're handling this Iranian nuclear deal and, and really the Iran relationship. Um, the opposite, really doing the opposite of what President Trump did and their administration did. Uh, so in other news, President Biden on Thursday morning they're releasing these reports really late because it seems Biden tends to sleep in, um, and then they go through the process, whatever. But on August the 4th, there was a report out that, again, President Biden tested positive for um, the antigen tests, uh, but ultimately that his temperature, pulse, blood pressure, respiratory rate, and oxygen saturation remain normal. So, again, he's there's nothing wrong necessarily with him. Um, as far as COVID goes, <laughs> might be other things, but he seems to be fine on this front. He's just testing positive again, and they're keeping him in isolation. The question is, how long are they going to do this? How long is, – is he really testing positive? Is like These are questions that start to come up. It, is If this continues to go on, how long should this go on? Um, uh, Kevin O'Connor, the doctor here, is just saying, well, it's, he's going to stay isolated, blah, blah, blah. 
He's going to be handled very limited um, interactions with the media and even his administration as he is being isolated and left alone to supposedly make sure they don't spread uh, COVID. The question is, how long is this going to go on? How long are they going to sit there and say, okay, look, he's fine. He's not spreading it. Most likely not. They might keep him in the basement for a while. He's not creating gas and creating political uproars. Uh, so this is very something very interesting and, and keen to to pay attention to now and in the season and the weeks ahead uh, as we lead up towards the midterms. Now, in very, very positive news that came out Thursday uh, right after we got off is that Governor Ron DeSantos came out with a press briefing and said that he is suspending uh, Hillsborough or, or really um, – the state attorney general, Andrew Warren, due to a neglect of duty, and he did this based upon the fact that um, Warren came out with a letter declaring that he would not enforce the laws um, that largely prohibit late-term abortions and also um, other smaller crimes laws in basically using a a prosecutorial discretion um, and not enforcing Florida law. Now, not just he, – he's deciding, oh, we're going to look at this. Oh, well, this case isn't that bad. He's just saying we're not – I'm not going to enforce any laws that I disagree with. And obviously he is a Soros-funded um, – Secretary of State, DA, etc., and he signed these letters along with other of these similar type of officials who have the same type of funding that he has, and based upon what? And the the statement from Warren said in the letter, he says, we decline to use our offices and the joint DAs, our offices' resources to criminalize reproductive health decisions and commit to exercise our well-settled discretion and refrain from prosecuting those who provide or support abortions. Um, And no other state attorney general in the state of Florida has signed that. And so what um, DeSantis is saying is Warren has basically put himself above the law and has come out and said in the brief – in the public briefing, DeSantis said this. He says, state attorneys have a duty to prosecute crimes – as defined in Florida law, not to pick and choose which laws to enforce based upon his personal agenda. It is my duty to hold Florida's elected officials to the highest standard for the people of Florida. I have the utmost trust in the person he's replacing him him with, um, Judge Susan Lopez, who will lead the office through the transition and uh, faithfully uphold the law. And how he's doing this is based upon Article Five or Article Four, excuse me, uh, Section Seven of the Constitution of the State of Florida that has that states he has the option to remove someone based upon a dereliction of duty and put someone in the place because um, they're not upholding the law. And there's other reasons that he could have removed him for uh, reasons of malfeasance. Uh, misfeasance, neg- neglect of duty, which is what he's doing, drunkenness, incompetence, uh, which that one's kind of hard to prove, uh, permanent inability to perform official duties or commission of a felony. So he's saying um, under dereliction of duty, 
blat- a blatant refusal to enforce criminal law, and therefore he's saying, okay, fine. You want to do that? I have the power to remove you via the state constitution, and so therefore he is removing him. This is a positive thing because DeSantos, number one, is showing that, look, the laws passed. This is what the people wanted. They voted for representatives. The representatives passed the law. Your job as state attorney general is not to overcome trying to to play judge, jury, and executioner and deciding which laws get enforced. Your job is to uphold the laws on the books within the state of Florida, and he – Warren was not doing this, and he was removing this, removing him from office. Now, with that being said, this is something other states need to look at to where certain state attorney generals, if they're not upholding district attorney generals, are not upholding the law of the state, even local municipalities, mayors, governors, etc. If their constitution allows it, might have the right to be able to do something like this. And this benefits and helps keep the rule of law in place in Florida uh, and something to look at in the days ahead for other representatives um, understanding the authorities that they have. And again, he's leading the way. He'll get backlash from this probably this weekend on the Sunday morning talk shows. This will get talked up of government overreach and et cetera, stuff like that is, but at the end of the day, it's like, look, was he doing his job in North Carolina? We have the same problem is the governor and the state attorney general are not willing to, enforce laws that are on the books in regards to life of the innocent child um and so therefore they're just not being revolved around now there was the case in the supreme court which we talked about here about how the state legislators have the right to override and uphold the laws but there's still a process that has to go through that needs the governor and the state attorney general to do something about it and they're not so i digress from that but my point is is look each state has its own battle this is a positive here um, for life, and then also um, on the school issue of CRT and et cetera, stuff like that. So a huge, huge victory there. Most likely will get challenged in court, um, but we'll see uh, what actually happens in the days ahead for those in Florida. Now, we're also seeing on where things have evolved on this um, Build Back Better plan 3.0. From the Biden administration that's being trying to be rushed forward again, 700 pages that is trying to be rushed forward. This pretty much this weekend is the timeline of it, and now the next move that that is coming out is what is being considered a voterama, basically where overnight they just vote, 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 vote on amendments to the bill, trying to get things passed. Um, and from the Republican side, they look at this as putting pressure before the midterms, getting people to vote on things that they don't want to vote on, getting them on the record. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still kind of a, a whip around around that to where they can, at the end of it, remove anything they don't want. So it's kind of a hearsay. Um, is it Pat Tillis? Tom Tillis, excuse me, ultimately called. He says, generally speaking, it's theater where the underlying bill is what ultimately pra- passes out and it's dishonest. Basically, it's just a waste of time. Um, Richard Blumenthal is saying that. Others are saying this is this is a joke. We don't need to go forward through this. But it's an option that could be pulled into because they're going through the reconciliation process um, and really hurtling it through. And it will most likely happen over the weekend, if anything, in the Senate. So something to pay attention to over the weekend is if they try to do this, will it get put forward? And that totally depends upon if they have the 50 votes, meaning that means they have Kirsten Cinema in their back pocket or possibly one Republican. And it doesn't look like any Republican will move forward, but – 
possibly Kirsten Cinema as she is considering uh, some of the options being put forward. Hey, if she gets like you know Joe Manchin got, he got something for his state. If she gets what she wants for her state, she might be willing to go forward with something. I mean, they've done this before. It uh, wouldn't be a shocker there. She said, we learned yesterday, that she doesn't want to vote for any corporate tax increases. Well, does she really mean that? Will she uphold that? Um, will people get to her yet to be de- determined? Um, so we want to pray for her and pray for other Senate leaders to, again, stand against this Bernie Sanders agenda that the Lord has shown us will cripple the next three to four generations. Pray that they have a backbone. Pray that they have a fear of the Lord. Use wisdom and revelation when actually looking at this. Look at proper analysis. Um, have those around them be able to see the proper analysis and actually bring it forward to them to show them what this will actually do to the American people. Um, as energy costs continue to rise, as you know, if this proposes taxes will continue to increase, harming in, in, in the overall economy, which leads to the midterms. Of everything is gearing towards the midterms and. The vote within Kansas this week on whether to add the amendment to the state constitution of protecting life, you have other states, at least four, possibly five, maybe six, that will have similar votes. And this is to determine where they stand of whether they want to add these on. Um, Similar proposals – to add on this issue is California, Kentucky, Montana, and Vermont, and I've seen more reports that possibly um, Michigan is trying to add uh, this vote as well as they vote for governor as well in the coming elections. And something really important to to know about, you know, Chuck talked about how this would be the gauge for the rest of the country, um, predicting, you know, as the midterms come along, that. This could ultimately transform the outlook of what was seen as a quote unquote red wave. And that's what we're, that's what all intents and purposes things are, are lining out to be as we look at the data. And, and, and I want to go through this just a little bit to, for us to understand. Okay, we talked, we've, hear, we've been hearing this red wave. We said, don't, don't just buy into that. Don't just you know, put our hopes and trust into, into that. Is people still are going to have to go out and vote? And vote based upon biblical moral values, and so what we saw from, and this is the thing that will, will I think, kind of shock a lot of people, is that we saw in Kansas, the data and um, on this shows that in areas and rural areas where President Trump won the counties, even in the 2020 election, by 60 percent and even 70 percent of the vote. Um, he on this issue, those same voters, which most likely meant Republican and or independents, um, turned out in large numbers and voted for the referend- re- referendum uh, against the referendum, basically, um, in smaller margins, 52 to 48, etc. Similar things happen like that all across the state of Kansas. Who and the interesting thing there is, is okay. We, we talked about this by looking at the data of the actual vote of not only were Republicans and people who should be voting biblical moral values not get out and vote. Is some of them didn't even vote in the proper manner. But the data also shows that more than 180,000 people didn't vote in the, the days Republican or Democratic primaries for governor. They only voted 
for this one amendment. Very interesting. Whether it's legal or not, we'll have to see. Um, whether that gets looked at into, we'll have to see. Um, but let's say it is true. Okay, that means this is an issue that will draw people out to the polls. Despite the economy, despite anything else that's going on, possibly, as gas goes down, people aren't really paying attention to the realities of things sometimes. When it comes to vote, midterms tend to be low turnout, and that's what they thought. But what they saw in Kansas was this is actually a turnout because money was being poured in by pro-abortionist groups to get people out to vote, to scare them. Um, and there are some Christians who are even saying God gives us the right to make the choice. Very, very, very interesting. And so something we want to just pray about for voters as they go towards, and even ourselves, intercede for voters ahead of the midterms to vote based upon biblical moral values. And hopefully they're registered and can be registered before the the midterms and still vote based upon biblical moral values. And there are organizations out there that are doing that. But again, just because you're registered doesn't mean you can just sit back on your hands and trust that the red wave, the red tsunami is going to take care of everything. It's not because this abortion might, especially in states where there is a vote, Michigan, California, Kentucky. Um, I'm trying to remember the the other states, Montana and Vermont, like this might be an issue in those states, Michigan as well, highly contentious uh, governor's race uh, now that we know the two candidates. So something very interesting there to watch out and pay attention for for those in those states. And I want to end on this note is for all the rhetoric that is being pushed out there from the left of Republicans don't care about the life after um, birth uh, all the way through. They don't want to do anything to help out is uh, – in a surprising move, uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and the State Department, State's Re Department of Revenue unveiled policies this week aimed at supporting pregnant women and children in the foster care system. And this one is really interesting and huge is that they will have updated guidance uh, on Monday that allow will allow women to claim their unborn children as dependents on their tax returns. Per Georgia state law, this entitles pregnant women to a $3,000 tax exemption for additional dependent. Uh, for each additional dependent, Georgia defines an unborn child as a fetus that is at least six weeks old and has a heartbeat. That is huge. So now you're saying that this fetus who is a human who has a heartbeat, is fully developed inside the mother's womb, can be considered a dependent and used as a tax credit. I mean, this is this is genius in a way. Um, and then ultimately what they want to do is is through this campaign of they want to help recruit and retain more foster parents in Georgia. I mean, the, there's going to be a cry for more adoptions, especially as um, there are more births and more families and, and look if the family the the parents need to give up the child for adoption completely understandable no harm no foul but now there needs to be parents and somebody to sit there and adopt them and so he went on to say he, he said our state believes in protecting life at all stages and we're committed to achieving this goal we hope this new campaign reaches more who are ready to answer the call and this has come from criticism as i said that there are those who are anti-life, just put it that way, 
who are saying, well, you don't care about life. You don't care about uh, um, funding and helping in other ways. And, and this blows us out the water. So kudos for all intents and purposes. People in Georgia are this way, that way about him. This is a positive move. This is saying we care about life. We want to get more people in in, in the um, foster care system. And also, it challenges the notion, and it's going to force force pro-abortionists to argue whether that is a life, even inside the womb uh, at six weeks old, and that the fact that it has a heartbeat and can, can now be considered um, a dependent and used on a tax return to help, let's say, a mother in need who does want to keep the child. Or the family in need who may want to keep the child and, and, and being able to give them a tax credit. I mean, genius move uh, by Governor Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Um, now, now it's still the people, as he said there, the, the people will have to rise up and answer the call who are ready. Um, um, and hopefully they can help educate them as far as the process. Maybe there's money that's there in the state's to in the state of Georgia to help out those families who are in the foster care system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, there's, I've already seen arguments and law, law, lawsuits against this, um, but this is still a positive, positive note for life and something I want to end on here as we today stand for um, the breaking of the spirit of death off of not only our individual lives, our cities, our states, and our nation, so that we can stand on the wall, pr- continue to pray for the office of the president, so that gospel can be spread throughout all the nations and it starts here at home so on end on that hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend and we'll be back on monday continuing to pray blessings and i will see you guys later have a good one